welcome to the Author Wheel Podcast, where we believe there's no single right way to produce, publish, or promote your work. Only what's right for you. In every episode, we'll talk about common writing roadblocks and how to overcome them so you can keep your stories rolling. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Author Wheel Podcast. Today, we have a very special interview with Russell Nolte of Wannabe Press. Uh, Greta and I were thrilled to interview him for the podcast a few weeks ago, and we actually had such a great conversation that we ran about twice as long as usual. So to make sure that everyone gets the same value that we did without getting totally overwhelmed, we decided to split the interview into two parts. Today, in part one, we're talking about Russell's background as a writer and publisher. We touch on a broad range of topics, from finding both internal and external validation, to the strengths and weaknesses in both traditional and independent publishing, and the fact that there's no substitute for time and experience. We hope you enjoy today's interview. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Author Wheel. Today, we are thrilled to have author Russell Nolte join us on the show. Um, I actually originally met Russell in, I think it was 2018, at the WonderCon Comic Convention in Anaheim, where um, I was actually lucky enough to have a table next to his in the exhibit hall, and I learned a ton. Uh, It was one of the best sales weekends, honestly, of my career. Um, So I'm incredibly excited to pick his brain today. Uh, Russell is a USA Today bestselling author, publisher, and speaker. He runs Wannabe Press, a small press that publishes weird books for weird people. Russell is the author of dozens of novels and graphic novels, including The Godsverse Chronicles, The Obsidian Spindle Saga, and Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter. He also edited the and I always say this wrong, but Cthulhu, right? Cthulhu? That's correct. All right. Woohoo. Cthulhu is hard to spell anthology series. To date, Russell Nolte has raised over $325,000 on Kickstarter across more than 20 different projects, which is just absolutely amazing. And it's, it's so out of date because I just did the calculations again, and it's like $400,000 on 25 projects. So. I was going to say, because you launch wow. Kickstarters, it seems like, every other month. <laughs> well, because Monica also launches them, and like I just... I did not know I was going to be such a big part of Monica, my business partner's last launch for, for, uh, it was part of our book sales supercharge series. And so I got that one. So like I've, I have been in a lot and we have like course launches. So it does feel like I've been in a basically constant launch cycle since like November of last year, or maybe October of last year. Yeah. Oh, you're going to need to go to like PTSD therapy or something. Oh, I really like just it. kidding. I really love uh, I <laughs> love launches. I love launching books and 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 stuff. I get really nervous right before the launch because like I'm like it's not gonna go well. But like after that first day when like you know where you're gonna sit, like I I really enjoy like the launching and the the excitement behind it. And so much of being an author is uh being alone and cramped to watch like your book explode and to watch like fans uh, talk about it and to watch the community rally around it. It's like, oh yeah, like this is why, this is why I do it. I do it because like people are reading the work and excited about it. So it is Which very tough. Is a, this is a great segue into the first question though, which is why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about yourself and how you got into writing? 
Sure. So uh, I uh, was born in New Jersey, raised in Virginia, went to school in Maryland. And then after college, I uh, started doing uh, a director of photography work and I worked on Capitol Hill and I started making movies. And then I moved to Los Angeles in 2010, thinking that I was going to be the next big like director. And that didn't work. Uh, and over time, after a couple of years, uh, my manager introduced me to comic books and I started writing comics and then we closed our first publishing deal that was terrible and my first book deal, which was terrible. And eventually I kind of uh, pulled back all of my work and in 2014 launched my own company, Wannabe Press, figuring that if 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 everyone else is going to screw up my book launch, I can do at least this. Like I can at least screw up my own book launch, which I did many <laughs> times before I finally got it right uh, and started to gain traction. But then, uh, you know, 2014, we launched Ichabod Jones Monster Hunter. And since then, we've launched 25 projects and I've launched something like 50 novels or 50 projects or something. I did a count recently and it was an absurd number of books and such and been involved in so many anthology projects and became a USA Today bestselling author and uh, Kickstarter expert. And uh, yeah, just kind of started snowballing uh, from there, from 2014. Like, I feel like every year it snowballs more and more and more, which is exactly what a snowball does. So uh, it makes some, some, some sense. So correct me if I'm wrong, but those are actually all your books in the background of your screen. Not that anybody listening to this can actually see them, but uh, but there's quite the stack. Technically, one of them I co-wrote. But yes, all of these are books, some of which are coming out in 2023 or 24. Uh, but yes, uh, there's 50 books back there, which is most of my books. I think I counted 65 plus anthology projects when yeah. I did the, my last count. That's amazing. So looking back on your career, what would you say your biggest roadblock actually was? Like, what was the thing that at least initially, maybe earlier, especially that kind of held you back? Um. I've been thinking a lot about this because I know this is a show for uh, younger, uh, not necessarily younger year wise, but just authors who haven't um, been doing this for a long time. So I think um, I had a lot of roadblocks getting to where I am today, but probably the one that held me back the most was thinking that I needed a publisher to validate my own existence and that my books were good. And uh, I found very quickly that publishers generally um, don't put marketing money into your books and they just launch however they want to, even if it's poorly, even if it's not in best practices. And um, it's it, it wasn't until I took my career into my own hands and really literally bought back the rights to all of my books that I started seeing any sort of success. So I'm not saying that there are not good publishers out there. I often get tagged as like, anti-publisher. I'm not anti-publisher. I'm anti-bad publisher, whether that's bad publishing contracts or bad um, uh, or bad launch strategies. Um, I'm not even talking about low sales. Like I'm not like you can have be a great publisher and just not have great sales. I think we're a pretty great publisher. Like our sales are not like through the roof. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it was definitely at the beginning thinking that if I didn't get a publisher to I, I somehow um, was not, my books were somehow less than, which is honestly something that I still sometimes deal with even today. Yeah. So what, what, uh, what do you do to kind of get that validation now? 
Um, it, or I, do you do anything? Well, I I do think that on some level, once you get to a certain point, like publishers do help you reach a brand new audience. There's still 85% of sales are still in bookstores and libraries. So um, it's like, and, that, and when you're an independent author, you generally don't have access to them and anywhere near the level you would if you were at a good, good publisher, a good publisher, not like a, any publisher, but like a public, a, 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 a publisher who exposes you into those markets. Um, so, uh, so there are, so I, I do think that to get that validation, like from the overall industry, like sometimes you do need a publisher to push you into those markets or to literally at least have you be known by those markets. Like, I don't even think I'm known by bookstores and libraries because I've just never been exposed to that marketplace. So um, if they saw, then they saw that I had 50 other books or whatever is out there right now. Like maybe they would like buy those books, but I think just not knowing who I am because the focus of an independent author is to sell directly to author the readers on not to libraries whereas a a a publisher's job is to sell books to just uh, to bookstores and libraries like that's their 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 buyers are bookstores and libraries less so you know, direct sales so their their main focus is going to like ala and book expo and all of those places to expose their books to those markets whereas our job is to be on retailers and 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 places that like sell direct to readers and it's just a different experience that exposes you to different places but i think uh, i think it comes down to really uh, the reader like you know once you sell a book to a reader and they like that book and you you kind of can't no longer say that you suck otherwise you're devaluing uh the person who liked your book like you may not be as good as you want to be like you may not be like great you may your book may be sloppy and like maybe someone's giving you a lot of grace to say they like your book but like if 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 the reader really truly likes your book and like you are saying your book is bad, you are invalidating their taste in, and, and you're, I, I actually was called out by this by a reader one time years ago, and I've never since done it. They said, um, said something negative about one of my books, my prose books. And they said, uh, do you, uh, uh, do you think I'm a liar? He said, no. And I was like, no, of course, I don't think you're a liar. They said, well, like, then you must think I have bad taste because I like your book and I've told you I like my your book. So like, if you're saying that you don't like that, like your book is bad, then you're saying that I am wrong. And I'm like, I, I, either I have bad taste or I've been lying to you. I've literally never said another bad word about my books because fans, I, to me, it always comes back to the fans. I get the fans. Sometimes I, I, I fear a lot that fans won't like my next book, but like, I won't say that I'm a bad writer because, um, or a book is bad. And I don't think you can, I think that if you're willing to put a book out into the world with your name on it, like you shouldn't put a put bad book into the world. Like if you write a bad manuscript, just shelve it or like toss it in a thing. Like you should be writing a bunch of manuscripts before you even put one out. We as a society, uh, as, a, as a community, really uh, do a disservice by, uh, by making authors think that they have to make their first book and start selling everything and not have like a creative space to fail. And I think that like your first book's going to suck and your 10th book might suck. Eventually though, you'll write a book that is good if you, if you do it for long enough and like you should have that creative space to fail. And then once you 
are willing to put something out with your name on it, like you should be proud of that book. And, and uh, when pe- people like that book, you should just trust that they like the book. And so I do have problems with like, pushing up at this point against certain avenues that I think I probably do need a publisher to, to move past. And I have signed like, I know I an independent author, but I've signed like 40 or 50 publishing deals as well for like short stories and other things. So like I've signed a lot of deals on top of all of the books that I've launched independently, but I do think there is some markets that you get validation, not for yourself. I'm talking about internal validation, like, mm-hmm. Uh, You get external validation from like bookstores and other places when you are in being being, like when Random House is publishing your book. It's just easier to call a bookstore and say, hey, Random House is carrying my book. Can you like can we do a signing? Then if you say I'm an independent author with my own company, like, can you buy my book? Like they just respond better. And so there are some some barriers that break down when you have a publisher. But I think those I, I think authors at the beginning of their career, spend way too much time worrying about that stuff instead of just writing a book and then selling that book and getting better and better at that ability of writing copy and making making blurbs and putting together a package that is that that, that is that is marketed successfully. Um, uh, and uh, and yeah, so I to go back to your question, it comes back to like I I go and I sell books to fans, and like it's real hard to. To invalidate, feel feel not valid when people are literally buying your book, even if it's not to the level that you think it is. The fact that anyone is buying your book kind of immediately undermines the uh, the 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 nargles that go through your head. So it's the oh, sorry, Greta. Sounds like you were no. Go ahead. I I was just going to speak to the same thing. Like uh, I was that person. You know, I had to have a. Uh, a deal, a traditional deal to feel validated, like I had permission to put a book in the world and all of that. And I I wrote seven because I wrote the Seven Deadly Sins murder series for a publisher. And great. I mean, they're super nice people, very, very uh, honest and the, the fair contract and all that other kind of stuff. But it hasn't always had the marketing that I would have wished. But I will say the good thing was that I learned a lot about about how to write a book, how to work with an editor, the whole publishing industry. I met people both traditionally published and not traditionally published and so on. So now that I am launching my own um, cryptic press and doing books under my own publishing, I feel uh, less scared. Like, I think I would have been terrified if I'd have started there. So there is some value. I think even if you go with a traditional publisher that doesn't market your books like you wish they would, um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Know, I think there like, is some value. There's definitely strengths and weaknesses of doing both things. And like, for yeah. sure, my publishing deals have helped me become a better editor and a better writer as well as that. But like, it has nothing to do with the validation, either externally or internally, that like you should feel the that you have permission to like write a book or put a book out. But like yeah. if you don't want to deal with any of that stuff and you like want a publishing deal and like that's just how you want to live in the world, like, okay, that's fine. But uh, you know, you're not gonna be a different person the day after you sign that contract than the day than you were the day before you signed it. Right. I mean, I remember signing the contract popping a bottle of champagne, having a big old party, 
And then like the next week, just was like, oh, well, nothing has changed. It's still me. <laughs> I still have this crappy book that I have to like rewrite 50 times to make it, you know, val- yeah, worth reading and all of that. It's true. And I think people have said this and Megan could speak to this more than me. Um, you win a book award. Uh, and you know, it's like, you feel really special for about 24 hours and then it's like, you know, so there has to be something more about just finding that validation in and of yourself and with your readers. Like, I thought that was a great, a great point you made about, you know, if I'm going to go around saying my book stink, then that's like saying that everybody who gave that book a positive review or enjoyed it has rotten taste. Well, Great way to go, insult your readers, right? I think that just says a very good point. But I I think that's also a key point, though, too, is that the internal versus the external validation, right? Like, I know for myself, I do my absolute best to try to create a book and a product that equals as good as what any any traditional publisher would put out. That's like my my core goal. And I'm not going to put that book out until I feel like it's reached that level of quality. and it might not be, you know, a classic for all eternity, but it's going to be a good book that's well written that doesn't have typos or at least not many. I mean, there's always a few that slip through, but, you know, and it's going to be it's going to be good enough to, that I feel confident that a buyer who buys the book will not maybe they won't love the story, but they will not complain about the quality of the actual writing or the book itself. So um, so there's that aspect. And then the extra, you know. So you have to be comfortable with that. But then the external validation, I love the idea of, of well, getting that validation from readers and reviewers and the fact that you've done it in person. I think more than any other author, fiction author I know, this might not be true within the comic book world because I'm not really part of that industry very much. You know, I've gone to a few comic cons, but not, I'm not a comic reader or anything like that really. Um, but so you're you're the person who I always go to. If I want to sell in-person events, I'm like, hey, Russell, tell me what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> you know, because that that is a different form of validation, like seeing that reader in person up front, not just as some like, you know, username on Amazon or something, but actually meeting that person is a huge benefit, I would think, for for that same validation. Even if, you know, you're not getting that publisher anymore, you're doing it on your own, but now you're getting that almost more important, more direct confirmation that your books are being enjoyed. Yeah. And I think that if you see someone who emails you consistently or uh, or like interacts with you consistently, but definitely seeing someone who comes back to your table after buying your book and says that they like it or is a fan for a long time. And there's... So I think the hardest thing about being an author is like, there's no substitute for time. And like, it's a cheesy thing to say, but like, uh, so many people have come to me and said, I didn't think that self a self-published author could like put out quality books, but you've been doing it for so long that I have to like rethink my position. But like, one book didn't do it like 10 years, 10 years of being doing and like, there's no substitute for those 10 years. Like I just, just takes putting books out and making a name for yourself. And slowly you break down barriers and then you push up against barriers and suddenly like they fall because you're putting out consistently good work and you're out there meeting the fans and you're out there like doing work and speaking at conventions and doing all the things that you have to do. But like, when you're a new author, you look at that mountain and like, there's no, 
there's no shortcut. Like, even if you have a one book that like wins the national book award, you've still only done it one time. You've still only done it one year. Like that book might not, that book often will not survive five years. Like even those like books that win, like don't, like, don't often stand the test of time. So like, even if you win that, the like the, the man Booker prize or whatever it is, like, or, or the polls are like still time will determine whether that, meant anything past just the year that you won. And yes, you'll always be a Pulitzer Prize winning or whatever author, but like that does not mean that that Hugo is going to lead to five years from now, people still talking about that book. We have to take that and then translate that into a second book and a third book and being out there and and, and surviving long enough. I have this send email to my writer list a while ago that was like about where will you be in five years or will you still be here in five years and like oftentimes you know you have to survive just literally survive as an author for five years before people will take before readers will will, will read you like before like people will take you seriously not because like they don't like you as a human or or whatever or you're that you're not serious just you need to be doing it for long enough that people are like, oh, you've seen all of the pitfalls and like, you still want to do this. Like you, we are the same kind of crazy. We're the same kind, like we, we resonate at the same time because there's one thing I can tell you of no matter what you write, like if you've been doing it for like five, 10 years, like it doesn't matter if you're an author who's put out books for that time. Like we resonate on some level the same because like, you all have known the rejection. You will have see, put the books out that underperform, that overperform. Like you will have done all of the things over a 10-year career. Assuming you put out like more than one book over that 10 years. But like, you know, you'll have done conventions. You'll have spoken at places. You'll have been on, you'll have done all of the things over that 10 years, even if they're, you're not to the level that you want to do. And there's just no, like there's... The only thing that's th- that 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 happens between now and when you publish the book is like the time starts when you publish the book. Like, like until you publish the book or sign the deal, like the clock doesn't start on that ten years because you have mm-hmm. to put out the book, you have to launch the thing, you have to do it again, you have to you have to put up with all of the bad reviews and good reviews and people who download your book and don't read it and read it and don't like it and like it and love it and then beg you for the next one. And then you put out the next one and it doesn't do what you want. And so you have to put out all of these things. And there's this just list of dominoes that has to fall. And the only thing that makes it fall is, is time and, and staying with it and not abandoning it. And there's some brilliant books that like never got a follow-up because the person was like, I'm done. And I'm like, okay, like this is a brilliant book, but like you, you do, we don't resonate on the same level because like you, you saw all of the hardship and you decided to not do it. And like, that is fine. I'm not saying you need to do this thing. Like, in fact, if you can do anything else and go do that thing, but <laughs> if you make it through all of those barriers, like you develop a shorthand. Like I can talk to any author who's been doing it for a while and sign deals or like, and we, we have a, a shared group of experiences that is un like deniably bonds us together, even if we've never met. Yeah. I just read a quote this morning and it was actually by um, musicians, not authors, but you know, people in the arts and it was uh, this woman said, I felt like I had to make a choice to, is my question, how do I get famous 
Or is my question, how do I create a lifetime of creativity and a lifetime of work? And she went for the lifetime of creativity and the lifetime of work. And it is the slower, long-tailed uh, career, but it's kind of like, you know, getting all cheesy, but you know, you don't grow, do you want to be a mushroom or an oak tree? You can grow a mushroom overnight. You know, it takes years and years to be an oak tree. I want to be an oak tree. So, I mean, and it sounds like you do too, Russell. I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. And I think to a degree that is the independently published author choice is more the lifetime of creativity and the body of work versus that hope that, you're going to win the lotto, which is, I think, a lot of new writers, and I certainly had that, where you think, you know, I just have to get that publishing deal, and then, you know, I'm going to just be the next, you know, whoever, Stephen King, and everybody's going to love me, and I'm going to be famous, and then I'll get movie deals and book and, and TV, you know, and that's very rare, <laughs> like yeah. it's the lotto yeah. winner. Yeah. And, uh, but most of us are doing the hard work, like you just, like you just said. And I, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for listening to the Author Wheel podcast. We'll be back next week with part two of the interview with Russell Nolte, specifically talking about his experience selling direct to readers via Kickstarter. Until then, keep your stories rolling. Are you an aspiring author? Stop by www authorwheel.com slash stuff to download the top five writing roadblocks aspiring authors must overcome. Thank you for listening to the Author Wheel podcast, hosted by Greta Boris and Megan Haskell, edited by Jim Wilborn.